While we believe the information in this broadcast is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decisions. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration is not an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not mean that the advisor has attained a specific level of skill or ability. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker-dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a quarterly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. Talking about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. I'm here with Eric Cox. My name is Rick Durkee. I'm a co-host with Eric. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing of Beyond the Business? Great, Rick. Great Saturday morning to you, Low Country. Welcome to another edition heard here on News Radio 94.3 WSC every Saturday morning at 830. Thanks for getting up and spending your morning with us. Unfortunately, we are another week without our Luncheon Bubbles fiery oh, redhead, Leslie, Leslie Haywood. Haywood. So yep. please come back, Leslie. We miss you. We miss you. All the emails, <laughs> texts, and messages we got last week just said the show's not the same without Leslie Haywood. So uh, look forward to getting her back. And uh, speaking of being back, we also have Mr. Joe Stringer back in the studio this morning, who is the Charleston Director for the South Carolina Christian Chamber of Commerce. Joe, thanks for coming back and Thank spending you. another Saturday with us. Thanks very much. And uh, speaking of Saturday, Rick, this is hard to believe, but... Our kids started school last week. Oh boy! I, I can't believe this is where we are in the roads time are falling in so, buses. In the morning times and have uh, flipped. Summer's coming to a wind down, and here we are in uh, gosh, almost late August. So uh, the good thing is here in Charleston, we've still got another couple months of heat and humidity. So okay. hang in there. The boat for stay in the water for summer. A while. That's yes. it. The boats can stay in the water. <laughs> yeah, we can still go to the beach. So uh, Joe, you shared some great insights on uh, your upbringing uh, and certainly your life through. Um, your early careers in, as a jewelry buyer, and then obviously in the risk management uh, career, which you spent, how many total years was that? 35, 35 years. years. So obviously a long, lustrous career in risk management. Uh, Rick, what were some of your takeaways from uh, Joe's story last week? Well, I really liked how um, Joe could remember even back to uh, his childhood and told us a couple of stories about uh, watching his dad uh, lecture at, at college and some of the things that uh, you mentioned about your dad being a mentor for you and uh, helped you get into the point where you are today where you like to read and write books. And uh, so we want to find out more about that today. Um, But also your story about going to buy the candy. I think I remember uh, Joe learned a very valuable lesson about integrity and honesty and and whatnot uh, with that, um, Eric, you got any? Uh, yeah, I would tag along with that one. It's those early life lessons mm-hmm. that or experiences and not sometimes always positive that stick with us throughout life and shape and form who we are today. And so, uh, well, a commonality that I do remember also that he's had with a lot of our guests, Eric, is he started work early. I mean, you know, he started bringing in revenue uh, uh, 
you mentioned that you're, there wasn't a lot of revenue in the house there. Uh, your mom was stay-at-home mom, and no, she did. She was a nurse, right? She was a nurse. Yeah. So there was two two incomes here, and and then the kids pitched in and did what they needed to do, and you started working early. What was your first uh, uh, form of of, of gathering um, some dollars to to save? Uh, my my first. First job was as a caddy, a golf caddy. Okay. Believe it or not, in northern Vermont, 40 miles from the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. And there was a real short season there, so I had to really make some money while I was doing it. Yeah. So at at uh, about 13 years old, I did that. Did the exact same thing myself. Carried two bags on Saturday morning, 18 holes, and then go out for another nine single. Yes, but, sir. But uh, certainly a good way to generate some revenue if you got the good tips, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. So, Joe, I want to go back uh, again for our listeners that unfortunately maybe didn't get here last week. So, uh, again, you spent 35 years in the risk management sector, really working with entrepreneurs and business owners. And since this is a show geared towards that audience, um, I want to recap a little bit about uh, the world that you lived in when it came to this risk management perspective. Um, we, we talked about, uh, Rick mentioned last week, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs were notorious for building our business plans and thinking on the positive side, driving business, running daily operations. What we don't want to think a lot about is the contingencies of what might happen. And unfortunately, life, those mites do come true. Um, I mentioned this has been a while ago, but we have a good family friend whom uh, unfortunately passed away unexpectedly, and his business uh, ended up going out of business after about a, a, a eight-month stretch of, you know, uh, tough times and unfortunately all those employees are displaced and so from your experiences joe and, and those clients that you worked with let's dive into that concept of protecting from those elements that we might not want to think about but certainly are possibilities and can have devastating impacts to the entrepreneur certainly and and Eric, you and Rick really addressed some of these issues in terms of succession more than than I did in terms of insurances and property casualty side of it, and then life and health and financial planning. Mm -hmm. And this is something when you look at the broader picture of risk management that I've had to address more fully as my career developed. Um, And I especially I went back to school to to become a certified risk manager uh, now almost 15 years ago, and one of the driving factors was seeing some of these type of events where the ultimate catastrophe is for an industry or for a business, for an entrepreneur, uh, he has a company, you know, you have a partnership, and you're focused on that partnership, things are going great, the business is developing, it's going like like wildfire, and your partner gets killed in an auto accident. Mm-hmm. Now what do you do? And so often, again, the entrepreneur has not thought about that that factor and doesn't think about how do I how do I fund the buyout? The Big wife risk. doesn't what's, want to handle what's this. What's the contingency you know, plan? What is yeah. my contingency? Is there a means that I can do that? And well, so, even in some professions, not only does the spouse not want to do it, in some professions, not legally allowable. They don't have the certifications and the license to do it. True. Yeah. Which creates a whole nother complexity to have to deal with. As a surviving business owner. Yeah. And what if I was in that accident and I lived, you know, but I was disabled, you know, exactly, you know, disability insurance comes in and steps in and helps that that business buy out also. So certainly risks that business owners face and uh, need to be planned on. So in your, uh, again, 35 years, a long time, right, to do that career. Um, talk about some of the situations you came across where 
again, we, we've had so many entrepreneurs on this show in three years who are doing great and they're building business and they're employing individuals all across the low country. You know, the, the, the capacity to take your mind off of driving business to protecting the business. I think that's one of the most difficult things for an entrepreneur to do. Um, because he's got it not only focused on this is my product and I'm developing it and I'm, I've, got, I've, I've got sales force out there, but I have to hire employees and I have to fire employees sometimes. And those other disasters get, get put aside because they can be, because the hurricane won't come, hopefully, knock on wood, for the next 20 years. We've been now over 25 years since Hugo, and Matthew was a little glitch, but we got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the building burns down you know that the chances are, are very slight it's much greater chance that you know a partner gets injured you know or in a car cat crash or something or your your best employee decides you know i'm going to leave and take my book of business and go away to a, to a competitor okay. all of these these risk factors can happen but the entrepreneur is faced with having to to do the day-to-day business and i think the you know, I'm involved in the Charleston County Emergency Operations Center. I, I coordinate the business hotline there, and that's designed for after a catastrophe to help businesses recover. We match needs and resources. And part of that is that education piece that, that Scott and I have worked on so so hard to, to try and make businesses aware of the things that can happen. Simply awareness is number one, and then create a plan that can respond to those things uh, as they happen, if they do happen. And then that public-private sh- partnership, I, I hate to say, but this is one great thing that the federal government and our local and, and state governments do is emergency planning. From FEMA on down, when there's a catastrophe, they've got the book, they pull it down, they know how to respond, the plan is there, down to very great detail. We in business, we especially entrepreneurs, we like, oh, I'll worry about that when it happens. Yeah. Uh, a plan, a book? No, 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 no. I, I don't have time for that. And then when it does happen, we're like, I don't know what to do. Whereas if we had planned ahead, we pull the book down. We've got the here's I, the, the steps I take, one, two, three, how I respond to a particular catastrophe. And, Joe, thanks for those great thoughts that maybe, again, every entrepreneur doesn't have at the forefront of their daily planning but are very vital. And, again, in case you just joined us or flipped on the radio, uh, that voice you're listening to is that of Mr. Joe Stringer, who is the Charleston director for the South Carolina Christian Chamber of Commerce, which we're going to get into here in just a little bit. Uh, but certainly some great insights there, Joe, to be sharing um, ties back in really, again, I mentioned this last week to a book that was recommended to us, uh, weeks ago by one of our guests, uh, Mr. Jim Wasson, who is the, um, uh, what is his actual title out there? The director, director. of the South mm-hmm. Carolina, um, small business development center, SBDC. And Jim mentioned a book called the entrepreneur equation by Carol Roth. I will tell you, I read that book about a month ago. If you have the opportunity, you are, uh, tenured as an entrepreneur, or you are thinking about entrepreneurship, it will hit both of you and dives into exactly some of those points you just mentioned. It's it's the hard questions, it's the hard thoughts, but it's the responsibility of every entrepreneur to address them. And Joe, you uh, also mentioned to us last week that you like to read and you also like to write, and you wrote a book, The Ten Commandments for Business. Can you share with us some of the insights and the reasoning behind writing that book and, and why you wanted to make that available to our business owners here. Thanks, Rick. I think one of the the issues, 
in Anderson Insurance, our culture, and, and one of the reasons I came to Anderson was because our culture was that of caring for the client, of treating the client as we would our own family, of taking care of people, of protecting their interests. And it wasn't just let's sell a piece of business. Um, I've always written on issues, on Christian issues throughout my life, and my wife has always been pushing me, you need, you should, you should print this. You should get this out. This is interesting. Um, and also, um, my best friend, Tim Scott, and I grew up together in the insurance business, and he's been pushing me for a number of years. So I finally started actually writing. Um, the, the Ten Commandments for Business is about 18 months old. I was inspired going to God in the Workplace, and it's part of LifeWorks and uh, the Charleston Leadership Foundation. Every single month, there is a breakfast meeting of some sort with a speaker who talks and witnesses about he, how he has applied Christian principles to his business, how that makes his business more effective, uh, more profitable in many senses. And so that inspired me, and I started thinking about—I've written about the Ten Commandments before um, privately— but that got me thinking about how, what happens when we apply the Ten Commandments to our business lives. What changes? And what I realized in writing the book is that everything changes, is that we, when we use those commandments, and I can give you, for instance, where the employee no longer is just a, a tool. You know, a lot of times in businesses you see— uh, and we've all been guilty of this in many times, is we, we work our employees, we, we expect more of them than, than they're capable of giving many times, and we never ask, hey, what's going on at home? Or we'll look at that performance review, and, and we don't ask the person, Are you, it, there's something that's impacted your performance here. What is it? We just look at the review and say, hey, you're not, you're not cutting it. Sorry. Sorry, Bill. Goodbye. When we look at the employee as a human being, and we start asking, and we're concerned with what's happening in his life. When that employee becomes not just a worker, when we focus instead of from the bottom line profit to top-down management and care for our employees, that's when we can begin to really gain value from the employees. And I'll mention the business card. You know, Steve Steff wrote it. It's about Peter Freisler and how he transformed his business uh, about seven years ago from that kind of ruthless business model where he didn't care about his employees. They were pushed. There was union activity. They were at each other all the time. And he got convicted by the Holy Spirit that he should change his business and run it on a Christian model. He went back and told his employees this. They didn't believe him. But within a year, he did transform the business, and all of a sudden he focused on what the needs of the employees were. And the interesting thing is by doing that and by transforming the way they did business by making excellence their product and their employees their focus, the business became better more profitable. And he put a commitment on the back of his card that every salesman took out that we believe in Jesus Christ as the center of our business. And because we do, here are our performance promises to you. And in doing so, and their business is international. They had a, a lot of Muslim clients and they were afraid going out, what's the reception going to be? Every single time people would look at the card and say, that's great. And they backed it up, and that caring for the employee 
has led to now what's called his way at work is how we lead like Jesus in in the business. And so that's a great how-to. Now, in the Ten Commandments, this is more of a, a why we should do that, why we should apply these commandments and how they impact our business. Can you share with our listeners one of the key points in that book that you like to talk about more than any? Sure. I'll, I'll give you a good example. Um, when we talk about how we speak about others and the words that we use in speaking about others, I, I call it complementition instead of competition. And I've always put this in practice. I never talk down a business adversary. Mm-hmm. I always would build them up. And I recommend that to the entrepreneur. And I put this in practice when I first got down here um, in the business in, in Charleston. And we were doing a lot of insurance on high net worth clients down in Kiowa and Seabrook and started working that market market at, very actively. What I found, though, back then, these were the good old days, State Farm would write policies on Kiowa, homeowners policies, and they could write it at half the price that I would be able to, you know, through an independent agency like Anderson. And so I started recommending the State Farm guy down the next corner. Mm -hmm. And after about three or four weeks of this, I get a call from him. He said, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He said, why are you recommending us? And I said, well, I'd rather tell the client, have them go to you Rather than me try to write them a policy and then, you know, two weeks later they learn from their neighbor, oh, you could have gotten it half the price. Well, that impressed him. And instead of now competing against me, he started sending me his business that they couldn't write on Kiowa, which actually was the houses that were closer to the ocean, you know, those three and four and five million dollar houses. And so I was. That that I wasn't aiming for that benefit, but it certainly helped, and it, it really built my business from helping him. And I find that constantly is when, when we build up our competition, it builds up the integrity of our industry. Mm-hmm. You know, when we support our employees, they become better employees. They're more willing to go the extra mile to help the business. They become invested in the business. And so the more we treat people as people, and not just as a means to an end, the more that we find they respond, the more we communicate to one another. Mm -hmm. And that's building that structure within the business that's going to be essential to carry the business forward. And that also will, will help when the catastrophe comes, when something happens where the employees are there in there helping. Or even maybe your competition. And well, we've talked about that on past shows with some of our great guests about don't alienate your competition because, as you said, you, you turn that into a positive scenario. And sometimes, oh, by the way, your competition may end up being your succession plan <laughs> when you're ready to exit your business. And exactly. so there's lots of reasons to not do, do that. So thanks for sharing that story. Joe, I want to uh, change gears a little bit because uh, we have a limited amount of time left, and I want to make sure we have an opportunity to talk about – the South Carolina Christian Chamber of Commerce, which is your current role as the director. So uh, you retire after 35 years and decide, you know what, I don't really want to be retired, right? I'm going to jump back into something else. So talk about the transition and why you took on that role. I've been very involved in writing now um, for a number of years, and the writing got more intense, which led to the Ten Commandments for Business. 
that led me to to be very involved in God in the workplace. I'm on the board for that for that mission, and really in in witnessing for for Christ in business. The book led me now to do seminars, and it's what I do now. Um, in addition to my role as as the director for the Christian Chamber in Charleston, I do seminars on the Ten Commandments for business and how we apply this this book to our business for an entrepreneur, and. I got to a point where this became dominant. I, I was working more in terms of, of helping businesses with uh, with disaster planning and doing some a, a lot more talking on Christ in business. And Jules Anderson and I got to to a, a we had been talking quite a bit because I'm now 67 and I had talked about retirement. And he said to me about a year ago, "So when are you going to retire from one of your full time careers?" <laughs> and so we we met a, we we had already had an agreement in place and we we enacted that agreement and and very quickly were able to to make that happen. Um, I really feel led by you know the Holy Spirit to to speak out about how we apply Christ to our business lives and it's it's those are universal principles whether Christian or not. Um, treating your employees, you know, Google is not a Christian company, but why are they so popular? Why are their employees some of the happiest in the world? Because they treat their employees as a Christian would, and they wouldn't recognize it that as that. You know, my son um, and his management can't talk about Jesus in his business because it's a publicly owned company, and they're like, no, no, you can't do that. But he treats people that way. He's down on the floor working with his employees. They had to, they had a machine break and they had to hand load pallets of food, frozen food onto a trailer. He's the plant manager. The second week he was there in Leesburg, Georgia, he's down on the floor in 95 degree heat loading pallets with his employees. And and one of the guys looked at him and said, you know, the last time a manager did this. And my son, Brian said, when? And the guy said, never. And that's the way we need to treat people. Mm-hmm. And I think if we communicate with one another in business, much less in culture and the, the issues that we see today in terms of our community, our family, our, our culture, uh, the, the breakup that we see so much throughout our, our country, if we would simply discuss and talk and listen to others, we would see a huge transformation in this country. Now, our listener that probably wants to get a copy of this book and could find out more, can they visit a website? Do you have a website or a place where they can reach out to you? Yeah, com. Easy. They can also call me at um, 843-452-1333. For my insurance and risk management, Stringer at AIASC.com. For Mm -hmm. Anderson Insurance Associates, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then for the Charleston chapter of the South Carolina Christian Chamber of Commerce, how can we uh, get people involved in the the next meeting for that? Uh, www.sc-c3.org. You go online, you you can go and take a look at our website. There's a lot building in the South Carolina Christian Chamber. This is a platform that's going to allow... Uh, like a, a GoFundMe for Christians, also a job site, you know, where people will be able to put up blogs and, and raise funds for for churches, for nonprofits. We have a lot of partners, like Water Missions International is now a partner, uh, where we'll be able to help 
to to focus those campaigns and to bring more awareness to the Christian movement and to the needs in the community. Again, I'm doing the same thing I was doing in my risk management. I'm nat- matching needs and resources. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, business uh, leaders, you've got the churches, and then also nonprofits. Correct, and, and, and individuals. Mm-hmm. And, and so individuals. you can join. It's very reasonable to join for a business at $300 a year. You know, an individual is $49 a year. Mm-hmm. And so we, we want to make it affordable because it's really a movement to impact culture through witness. Okay. And Joe, I got to make Leslie happy here. We got one minute to go. I got to ask the question for her. And since it's called Beyond the Business, people you know that it may be stories you don't, uh, share a quick story if you can or something about uh, Joe Stringer that the average person that knows you might not be totally aware of. You got a, a unique skill set or hobby. Or uh, something you can share with our listener this morning? Sure. In addition to the books, I also write poems. I write songs. I've written a number of Christian songs, um, including uh, some for for choir and and organ. Um, I play piano, guitar, sing. Well, if we had more time, we'd let you belt out a tune. But unfortunately... As they say in show business, right? That's all we have left today. That's all so. we have left today. Joe, we appreciate your time today and your insights and ideas for our business listeners. Um, we encourage you, hopefully, to come back for another show, but we encourage our listener to follow up with the information over these last two shows. Eric, where can they catch the podcasts? If you go to our website at coastalwm.com, if you look up in the top uh, right-hand corner, you will actually see – Radio, podcast, click on those, and not only will you see Joe Stringer's uh, show there, but uh, also you'll have all our last, I think, 20 or 25 shows, as well as check us out on Facebook or Twitter. You can hit up Leslie for a little conversation at at BTBCHS, and uh, feel free to communicate. Let us know any feedback you have on how we can do a better job with Beyond the Business. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Stay tuned for another episode of Your Game Plan for Retirement right after this. And join us again next Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. for another new guest at Beyond the Business. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Join the Christian business movement. Visit sc-c3.org. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 830 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. You've invested countless hours and dollars building your business, and now your investment in your business has paid off. But did you know that according to Business News Daily that more than 60% of small business owners planning to leave their business in the next 10 years don't have an exit strategy? Hi, it's Rick Durkee of the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Let me ask you, have you planned your personal financial future wellness as well as that of your business? Have you established a succession plan for your business? Have you developed a plan for your perpetual legacy? 
Join me for a free discovery workshop to develop the best strategy for your business. BEST Business Exit Strategy Timetable. Call now and I'll send you an invitation by email to learn how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. Call 843-735-5065. That's 843-735-5065 for this free discovery workshop on how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. 843-735-5065.